Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of Technology Expresso Cafe Radio. Dave and Jacqueline bring you up close and personal to the innovators, contributors, and creative minds in and around technology today. Visit our website portal at www.technologyexpresso.com. There you will find a full list of our broadcasts from all across the technology spectrum, our social media handles, and related content. So sit back with Dave and Jacqueline as they serve up Technology Expresso fast, hot, and intense. And hello, good evening. This is Jacqueline Sanders Blackman. And tonight's edition of Technology Express, so although it's evening for me, it might be morning or afternoon for others. So thank you for listening. And for those who are listening to us via the archives, welcome as well. Tonight's edition uh, is just a new twist, uh, something that we haven't showcased or had a big spotlight on because it may seem to you when you listen to our show and look at the archives, we've emphasized a lot project management, business analysis, and of course there's the developers. We know that those are key roles in IT projects, information technology. However, they're not the only ones, and the whole team, every role on it is important. So we wanted to spend some time on this next series as we talk about different career options. And stay tuned because one of the things that our sound engineer, Javon, is going to share with you when I finish this segment on the career field that we're spotlighting, she's going to run down 20 other career options. And part of what we want to do at Technology Expresso is give exposure to let you know that there are a variety of different options that are needed in order for a successful software department, group, company to run successfully. And those roles all capitalize on different personality types. So whatever your personality is, I dare say there's a role for you in IT. And we talked more on one of our previous episodes about personality types. Our very own Coop from B2T talked about the DISC, D-I-S-C, approach to assessing your personality types. So one of the things that we have is an upcoming workshop where we will talk about the different personality types and how they actually match to different IT career fields. So first, let's just talk about what those different career fields are to kind of just get you familiar with the possibilities, and then stay tuned for when we actually help you match your personality. So our spotlight tonight is software, the software tester. And software testing is how we ensure quality, quality assurance in our products and our services that we provide through 
software, software systems, and solutions. So it's about the investigation, the debugging um, provided in order to ensure quality. Software testing has been there and at the forefront ever since software has been developed because since humans are developing the software, mistakes are made. So it's part of the software tester's role is to find the problems, debug the problems, and you you hear the reference to bugs, um, and that's what we call when there's a error in the code, then it's considered a software bug. But you also may hear it referred to as an error or a defect. Um, I know one company that went as far as to call them opportunities. So when we found something wrong with the uh, software, we would say we found an opportunity, and that was our opportunity to make the quality of the software better. So I'm going to go through a couple of different terms um, and terminology that is specific to software testing. Just like when we introduced business analysis, we started with terminology. When we introduced project management, we start with the different keywords related to project management. And that's just very typical. Every one of these roles and areas and disciplines all have their own terms and their own vernacular, so to speak. So some of these are going to just sound like straight uh, definitions, but I suggest while I'm kind of prepping you for this to get a pen and a piece of paper and jot down some of these terms. If these are new to you, then do some further research. There's great information uh, above and beyond just what we're going to provide you. This is just an introduction and exposure. So the next step is Googling and accessing the, the Internet to find out more information, do a deep dive. There's some great YouTube videos as well as LinkedIn slide shares. Um, there's a lot of professionals that have posted some great slide decks to that uh, – give you a even more in-depth overview than I'm going to give you. So, and look to our Tech Expectations website. I'll be posting some of those links of some of my favorite YouTube and share, slide shares uh, around the topic, okay? So software testing involves the execution of the software component or software uh, or system component. So testing takes place on both the hardware and the software. In general, these properties indicate the extent to which the component or the system need to be tested. So what you're testing for is, number one, does the system meet the requirements? Does it meet the design specifications? Number two, does it correctly process the input and the output? Number three, does it perform the functions in an acceptable way and in an acceptable time? There's nothing like a system that has a lot of bells and whistles, but it's slow. <laughs> also, number four is making sure that it's user-friendly, it's usable, it works 
for the intended user in the environment in which they work. There has to be a lot of consideration. For example, when I worked on hospital information systems, we had to think about the way in which nurses and doctors work, the type of environment that they work in, and making sure that the software was easy to read, that it wasn't distracting from what they needed to do for the the patient. There's a lot of different tools and techniques. They need to keep their hands free. So all of that had to be taken into consideration when we created the software. Oh, and now as I keep going down my list, the next one is to make sure that it will install well in the intended environment. And then lastly, another component for consideration when it comes to testing is that it achieves the general results that the stakeholder desires. And by that, what we found in the software industry is that many times we could meet the requirements as they were written on a piece of paper or in a a document, but then at the same time, we still weren't meeting the needs of the business. And it became an issue, especially in the, the 80s and the 90s around software testing, is that even if the software didn't perform or meet the expectations of the business, the IT department was pointing to the requirements document and kind of using that as a weapon to say, well, we met the requirements regardless of if it was useful to the business. And that's something that, especially now, um, we're really pushing for IT and the business to work as a team and not just point the finger or point to a document or excuse bad or or software that doesn't meet the needs just because you can point to a document and said, well, this is what the document said. So it's much more of a collaborative environment that organizations and teams are working toward in IT. And among those team members is the tester, as well as the programmer, the BA, the project manager. Okay, so there's a number of core activities that happen in software development. You've heard us talk about it, but it doesn't hurt to refresh your memory. The core activities of what we call software development or the software development life cycle is requirements, and that's the eliciting of the requirements, the designing of the solution, then the actual construction, After that comes the testing, the next is the debugging, then the deployment and the maintenance. So clearly you can see there's that whole area, just like when we talk about business analysis, we focus on the requirements, there's a whole phase or cycle where the focus is testing. But that's not to say that testing and testers are engaged early on in the project. That's another lesson learned of the industry. Not just waiting until after all the requirements were written and the design was created and then construction, and then bring in the testers, but have them at the table. Make them a part of the conversation 
they have a lot to contribute because they've seen a lot of things go wrong and they have an eye for it. That's their specialty. So with that said, it's so important to make them a part of the conversation. And even in today in our maturity and our, our understanding of software development, we actually encourage that the tester be invited to test the requirements. And I know that sounds odd, but by that what we mean is even the document, by reviewing the document, cross-referencing, looking for inconsistency, you can find bugs in the actual requirements documentation. And those can be identified and addressed before we get to the build or the construction phase. That's saving a lot of time and money. And there are a lot of studies and information out there to show that the earlier you find and fix a problem, the less expensive it is to the organization. The further into the solution and the design and the build and then having to rework and even maybe um, lose some of the, the progress that you made is very costly. It's time and time is money. So the sooner the better. So just to, to recap, those core activities were requirements, design, construction, testing, debugging, deployment, and maintenance. So those are some key words to know and also to visit and explore each of those a little bit further. Software testing typically attempts to execute a program or application with the intention of finding software bugs. And remember we said bugs or errors or defects. Um, the job of testing is an iterative process as when one bug is fixed, it can then expose other or deeper bugs or even create new bugs. So one of the, the key phrases in testing is regression testing. So you may test one piece of the, the software, and then once you fix that, you have to not only go back and test or retest the area that was fixed, you might have to retest the other areas that previously worked fine, but now you have to what we call regression test. in order to make sure that in the process of fixing the software, you didn't actually cause new errors or uh, break areas that previously worked. All right, so that's an important part, regression testing. Software testing can provide objective, independent information about the quality of software and the risk of any failure to the users or sponsors. And so there is the concept of having an independent tester. And this is something that in some cases when there is a challenge around resources, you might have a lack of resources. A lot of teams sometimes want to reuse other members of the team to act as the role of tester. There is an inherent risk 
of having someone basically testing what they built or were a part of building because they not necessarily have an independent perspective. They already go into it with certain expectations. And so sometimes they just make some assumptions, which means that they're not fully exercising the software and can overlook or miss some of those potential bugs or problems. So by that, what I mean is that it's not recommended that the developer, for example, be the only one to test the code that they've written because they're going to test it with the same mindset that they had when they wrote it in the first place. Get someone independent to test it. Secondly, I've seen where people want to reuse a business analyst to do the testing. That also can have some big risks because, again, the BA has written the requirements and has a certain point of view already. And even in some cases where the organization is short on resources, what I've recommended is that you use a BA from another team to test a program or product and then vice versa, but not testing their own product. It almost is to your advantage not to have a preconceived idea of the solution as a tester, but more following the scripts, following the requirements, following the specifications, and then confirming that the system works according to what is written. And again, that's a certain level of testing, and we'll talk more about that. There's other levels of testing where you do bring in the end user. We call that user acceptance testing. That's exercising the system from the user's perspective. Now, the QA or test team also does that type of testing, and we'll talk more about what we call validation and verification testing, the two different types of testing. Software testing can be conducted as soon as executable software um, exists or even when there's, it's partially completed. So that lends itself to what we know as agile and incremental testing. So you can test what we call unit testing, small units. And then eventually as you test the individual units, you'll eventually do an end to end testing. So there's different approaches and methodologies around testing, just like there is for requirements and development. And there's many different methodologies. We've talked quite a bit on previous episodes around waterfall, there's agile, there's uh, agile scrum, agile Kanban. Um, XP for extreme programming, and one that you probably haven't heard us say a lot, but there's something called TDD. That's called test-driven development, and that's worth looking up and exploring. It's not commonly referred to as that, but some people do use it and use some of the techniques involved, but don't necessarily call it out as TDD. So Definitely, if you do some extra research, 
on test-driven design, then that will allow you to recognize some of those practices that come from TDD. So I've kind of given you an overview of what testing is to a very high level. Let me also mention that there are various tools that testers use. Oftentimes when a tester is going in a system using the script and validating and going through the keystrokes as an individual, they call that manual testing. There's also what we call automated testing, where you basically teach one program to test another program. So you do, there's various languages and tools that you can program that can do some of the repetitive testing. That's automated testing and automated test tools. Other tools related to testing and quality assurance include debuggers, specific software or utilities that allow you to step through various keystrokes or steps and then determine what piece of code might be the culprit for a failure or a bug. There's something called profilers. There's also modeling that's used to help with the debugging. Build automation is another facet of testing. Build automation helps when you have all those different units and putting them all together. And so there has to be the testing of the individual units, but there has to be testing of an actual build as well. And also there is the release testing. Prior to releasing it, testing it in various different environments that simulate how it will be installed and where it will be installed in the production environment. I also want to mention that there's several standards and body of knowledge that speak to testing quality assurance. They include CMMI, which is the Capability Maturity Model. There's the IIE standards. There's the ISO 9001 standards. There's the PMBOK, which you'll recognize from Project Management. And there's the BABOK. But also there is the SWEBOK. That's the Software Engineering body of knowledge. All of those make specific mention of testing and test phases, all great sources. There's also specialized organizations that focus on quality. One of them is the SQA and also holds a body of knowledge and certification programs around testing. Now, before we wrap up this topic, let me leave a few other key words that are definitely worth researching and investigating. I talked a little bit about unit testing as well as end-to-end testing. There are several other test levels. 
one being integration testing. There is the component interface testing, which could be hardware components. It could be data interfaces. There's actual system testing to exercise the system itself, and then operations acceptance testing. And the other that I also mentioned was user acceptance testing. Test types may be the testing of the installation, compatibility. There's also a common term called smoke testing or sanity testing. There's alpha testing and beta testing. This is when you're ready to re do a limited release of the solution. So maybe to just one alpha group or after the alpha group passes a certain level of testing, you might expand it to a broader audience, which you would refer to as your beta test group. There's testing around the functional and the non-functional. And you'll remember that reference from business analysis, whereas the functional is the tangible look and feel of a system or solution, whereas the non-functional are things like performance and stress testing and security, maintainability. There's continuous testing. There's destructive testing. There's usability testing, accessibility. There's even internationalization testing, as well as localized testing, especially if your solution is going to be used in different ways in different environments. So if you have to test it, for example, the internationalization, you may test it in a different language and make sure that not only is the language different, but also other applicable specifications to that particular country, region, or culture. There's also what we call concurrent testing and conformance testing. So there's many different areas, as you can see, to explore even after this episode. Another component of testing, as we wrap up here, that I want to talk about is testing artifacts. You're probably very familiar with the requirements document and the design document. But when it comes to testing, they have what they call test scripts and test cases. They also have a test summary document. There's a test plan, which typically gets incorporated into the overall project plan. And testing the traceability matrix is also recognized as an important component for tracing the test cases back to the requirements and the design specs. And then there's also something known as a test suite, so a family of test cases. You'll hear a term called text test fixture, and a test harness. Again, all good words to research, especially if you look to pursue 
more information about entry-level testing opportunities. When it comes to certifications in this area, look to various organizations. One, the American Society of Quality has and offers what's known as the CSQE and the CQIA. Again, that's the American Society of Quality. There's also the Software Testing Qualification Board, also known as the ISTQB. The I stands for international, so the International Software Testing Qualification Board. They offer a certified testing foundational level, a certified testing advanced level, and also a certified Agile tester. Also, an Agile tester certification is offered through the International Software Quality Institute. That's the ISQI. And one other board is the Information Systems Examination Board, and that is ISEB. So several opportunities for certifications in the testing field. Last, I want to just mention to you some of the other nuances around testing that are worth exploring. One is around agile testing versus waterfall testing. And this probably doesn't surprise you if you listen to other episodes. It's always very intriguing as organizations try to transition to Agile. Agile is fast-paced, lightweight, very lean, and receptive to constant change. As you can imagine, testing is all about knowing what is required or being asked and then testing it according to those requirements and specifications. This is a big change for the testing world. So do explore contemporary articles and blogs around this very hot topic. And last, and I promise you this is the last area that we'll explore on this brief overview, and that is what I mentioned earlier. Two key words when you're using software testing terminology are verification and validation. And so I want to leave you with a the software engineering glossary terminology through the IEEE Institute. Verification is called the process of evaluating a system or component to determine whether the product of a given development phase satisfies the conditions imposed at the start of the phase. Now listen closely, because validation is the process of evaluating a system or component during and at the end of the development process to determine whether it satisfied the specific 
requirements. Now, the two terms are very close, and as a matter of fact, if you did some research, you might see a couple of different variations. Even the ISO 9000 has a different standard. Some will simply say that verification is how we built the software right, and validation is how we built the right software. So in essence, verification says, did we implement the requirements? Whereas validation is, did we satisfy the customer? So these are excellent topics that cover the testing arena as well as the discipline and the career options. And that's what we're all about, is exposing you, sharing knowledge, and then we want you to go and explore and find out, is this right for you? Stay tuned as we interview some professionals in the field of testing where they share their choice to go into the testing and quality assurance field and some of the career choices they made along the way. So we look forward to bringing that to you. But in the meantime, stay tuned as I turn it over to Devon Grant as she shares other career option and choices. Email us in or call us and let us know what other career fields would you like us to highlight and spotlight as you continue your journey into the world of technology as well as STEM. So please continue to listen, learn, leverage, and then launch. Thank you for joining us. Javon, I'll turn it over to you. Hello again. Technology Expresso wants to help you decode the technology industry's job opportunities. Because as long as people across the U.S. don't know the best-kept secret for breaking into the IT industry, we will continue to have a digital divide between the IT job market insiders and outsiders. So would you like to know the best-kept secret regarding the tech job market? Well, the secret is the fact that there are actually three times more tech jobs for non-coders than for coders. And therefore, once and for all, not everyone in IT is a programmer. So maybe right now is a good time for you to take a second look at the opportunities in information technology. And why should you take a look at IT if you are already not in it? The reason is because there are thousands of open positions and because of the starting pay range is much higher than most other industries. Companies are anxious to fill these positions and recruiters are looking everywhere for candidates. Furthermore, opportunities around technology are going to continue to grow. Technology has forever changed the job market. So you may be asking, how does a non-techie get into the technology field? Is it too late? Do I have to go back to school for a four-year degree? The answer is no. That's probably the second best kept secret. Companies look at certifications and even previous job experiences from other industries. And a liberal arts degree can also translate into the needed soft skills in a technology company or in IT departments in various companies. Technology Expresso wants to help you by sharing with you 
a list of 20 low-tech but high-paying career opportunities. So now you can start discovering and locating jobs in the hidden IT job market. And stay tuned as Technology Expresso posts more tips on breaking into STEM by leveraging technology as the first step. Here is the list of a few jobs that you can look forward to getting information on. Project management, business analyst, quality assurance testing, graphical user interface specialist, data analyst, process improvement analyst, product manager, operation and product support, organizational change management, customer service and help desk support, implementation consultant, software application trainer, technical writer, marketing of technology and software, sales of technology and software, HR, technical recruiters, entry-level networking, entry-level communication cabling and wiring, entry-level hardware installation and support, data entry, report writing, and data management. And that concludes our list of the top 20 low-tech but high-paying job careers in the technology industry. Don't forget to download the Technology Expresso mobile app and create a login on our member portal at technologyexpresso.com. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Technology Expresso Cafe Radio. For a full list of our podcasts, social media handles, and upcoming shows, visit our web portal at www.technologyexpresso.com. Join our text club and get monthly alerts of upcoming events and initiatives. Text the phrase full steam ahead to 41411. Financial support and donations of any denominations are welcome. Your contributions help us sustain and reach undeserved communities who benefit from the many programs, role models, and technologists that we showcase. Thanks to our sponsors, partners, and thank you, our listeners. And remember, we encourage you to listen, learn. If you want to stay connected with all that Technology Expresso has to offer, simply visit our connection portal at www.techexpectations.com and set up a profile today. Tech Expectations is an online resource manager with features such as a search engine that helps STEM businesses, organizations, volunteers, interns, and sponsors find each other and connect. Also, you can download our mobile app through iTunes or the Google Play Store. Simply search Technology Expresso. This is an app that will fuel your ideas, career, business, and your passion while also giving you the tools and resources you need to get ahead. So download this app today and start building towards success. And as always, thanks for listening to Technology Expresso Radio.